Greetings, ladies and gents, and welcome to this latest narration of the web series The Nature of Predators. If you're new to the series, there is a playlist listed down below in the description. And as always, I hope that you enjoy. Chapter 134 Memory Transcription Subject Governor Tarver of the Venlo Republic Date Standardized Human Time, February 5th, 2137 Secretary General Zhao had clambered up onto the stage, wielding a microphone to address the sprawling crowd. I perked my ears up to hear what the initial rallying cry of the humans had crafted. From what I'd heard, their species possessed excellent speechwriters with the ability to weave compelling arguments and play to semantics. The UN leader was holding a few note cards and had a presentation behind him on the projector. Noah walked up to me with a plate full of food, waving a croissant in front of my face. Why did he have to remember my favorite terran pastry? You want to distract me, don't you, Predator? I teased. The human smirked to himself. It's working, isn't it? Here comes the airplane. I'll send you to the opposite side of the room if you don't behave and stop trying to fatten my waistline. Ambassador Williams made a good parting face, lifting his visor to reveal what humans called puppy dog eyes, to think that binocular gazes could be changed due to her expression garnering sympathy. I shook my head before breaking off a small piece of croissant and popping it in my mouth. The astronaut looked satisfied with himself and delved into the rest of the excessive amount of food. Perhaps I needed to babysit him before he gorged himself sick. Ugh, humans. I managed to center my attention on the stage as Secretary General commenced his speech. Every delegation in the room was granting the human their full focus. The group he'd been mingling with before seemed especially keen on his words. After the disarming sampler that was dispensed amongst them, marketing the prey attributes of Terence was a brilliant move. Had I known what utter dorks they were during our first meeting, the perceived schism between our ancestors wouldn't have felt as irreconcilable. Hello, leaders of the Orion Arm. I am not here to present the reasons why humanity is not a menace or a threat to civilization, or to deflect claims that we're bloodthirsty monsters, Zhao growled. Each of you have interacted with us at length, and if you don't already see that as an infallible truth, there is little I could say to convince you otherwise. We're people, like you, who have been persecuted without just cause, precisely like you. We're no one's enemy, least you threaten the safety of our loved ones, our homes, and our continued way of life. I leaned closer to Noah's ear. The last line seems a little provocative, they could take threatening your way of life as opposing hunting, for instance, or asking you not to eat meat on their worlds. Absurd. Anyone who draws wild conclusions like that wouldn't last a day in this alliance, my beloved replied. The Secretary General adjusted his visor before continuing. Humans respect the inherent differences in our cultures, despite their artificial origin. We don't ask you to change yourselves. We merely ask for the same courtesy. We ask, no. We demand not to be changed or altered for things beyond our control or ingrained over centuries of natural development in our collective identities. The laws we wish to codify as a foundation for this proposed union etch that fervent belief into stone. Please raise an appendage if you feel that your species was treated unfairly during your uplift by the Federation. My paw rocketed into the air, joined by dozens of others in my expansive vision. Scanning the entirety of the crowd in my subtle motion, I noticed there wasn't a single attendee refraining from lifting their arm in agreement. 
The crow cattle, the dirtian, both had wings raised, while the mazard president Cooper flared his trunk to the heavens in protest of the early-sized-based bigotry. The yodel ambassador was practically bouncing to show emphasis. The tiny quadrupedal zerillions rocked up onto their hind legs to signal agreement. My own people bore indignant looks, mirroring my raised paw. It was a sea of consensus, detesting the personal effects of the Federation's overreach. I am glad you recognize what's been done to you was immoral. We're going to ensure that such horrors are never inflicted by anyone who calls themselves a friend of humanity. Zhao gestured for us to lower our appendages. Then anyone who dares to trample another civilization's sanctity and sovereignty is given no quarter, no aid, no herd with us. Our first item to show you is based on a document adopted by every member of the United Nations, now modified to reflect sapient rights rather than solely human rights. I present the Universal Declaration of Sapient Rights. The display behind Zhang offered a code to scan relevant documents to our holopads so we could peruse its contents in our own language. Article 1 stated that all sapient beings were born free and equal in dignity and rights, and were endowed with reason and consciousness to act in a spirit of kinship. Subsequent listings expounded upon those rights, prohibiting discrimination, banishing torture and servitude, and guaranteeing civil rights about personal beliefs and enforcement of laws. There is nothing I could imagine anyone finding objectionable. I noticed the Terran snuck diet in between language and religion as things not to deny rights over. Knowing how human culture is, I imagine that's a new protection added for their sake. The United Nations is open to suggested revisions for anything you think we've overlooked. That's heavy-handed, all that would otherwise provide you reassurance. For our own sake, we've also issued the Geneva Convention for your ratification. The Secretary General pressed on. Should there ever be an engagement or dispute between member states, I want civilians to be kept out of the crossfire. I want some semblance of civility in the affair as brutal, bloody, and barbaric as war. Though my true hope is that we maintain peace through this very forum. It would provide humanity sanctity of mind not to worry about wanton suffering, so I ask that you review this document as well. Noah mumbled a comment to me through a mouthful of food. I should think our doubters like the promise from the predators to accept surrenders and treat prisoners fairly, amongst other things. Also, it shows our intent never to raid wolves and target civilians like the Arcs all do. Rules of war are a strange concept to us. That there can be any goodness or empathy when you're trying to kill people. It's hard to wrap even my mind around, I whispered. I never imagined Venel fighting you anyways, so it's a moot point. The final point is perhaps our most important one. It's something entirely new we wrote. The Secretary General's lips uncovered by any mask hardened below his eye visor. To touch upon your discontent over your own uplifts, this document contains a protocol for handling the discovery of any new species. I felt this was an issue that we must take with the utmost of gravitas. Please consult the final item in your packet for full details. I flicked through my holopad's catalogue, landing on the disgust draft, doing better than taking every child on a planet away from their parents and crippling them at a genetic level. Seemed like a low bar to clear. It would be curious to see the specific items the Terrans had in mind. Hopefully, the other guests also agreed that young races should be treated with dignity and in the spirit of equality. 
Zhao commanded the stage. Panels must convene to ensure that any first contact, one, does not threaten the indigenous culture or supplant it with our own, two, that barring an emergency event, it must be planned at length to avoid frightening the locals through careful study of cultural norms and values, three, that we will not engage in any communications, visits, or exchanges that are not expressly desired by the natives, and four, that they will not face discrimination for their technological level. Many questions. So you still want to perform uplifts after everything you've seen? Yodel Ambassador Laulo barked, ears quivering with anger. Why are we interfering with the species' natural development at all? Excellent question. I grant that this is a contentious ethical issue, even on our world. However, to sit back with an air of moral superiority and allow millions to die of disease and famine is to deem these species as lesser. To say we don't care about their lives. Obviously, dumping an entire catalog of knowledge at once is irresponsible. It should be trip-fed and focused on issues that impact quality of life. Uplifting itself is not evil, as long as you're not planting your heel in their neck. Yeah, I see here. I'm still not sure it's a good idea, but, uh, proceed, I suppose. I appreciate your feedback. Any ramifications of our group's interactions with another culture at any stage of technology deserves consideration. The influence we have must be wielded for good. I imagine a first contact would be planned for years. Would anyone else like to voice a question or a concern? Doty and Ambassador Kochi puffed her grey feathers on display of dominance. You claim to care about herbivores, yet you ally and cooperate with the Arxor. Our intentions with the Arxor are entirely as follows. To use them to strengthen our position in the war, to liberate all sapient cattle in the galaxy, and to dismantle the Dominion where possible. This was seen at Malu, as you all have heard, where we got a UN-friendly Arxor commander to soften the Colchians up for us. The battle has been difficult nonetheless but it's given us a competitive advantage. And you all have seen the millions of rescues that we've freed in a few months. So you admit that you are working with the Arxor? I admit that we are using the Arxor to benefit humanity and sapience across the galaxy. That accusation has dogged us from the beginning, yet no one can conjure an example of us siding with or acting like them. We went to great lengths to stop the raids on the Cradle, Fall, and Silas, losing human lives in the process. You claim, human, that they are not your friends. We're supposed to believe that predators would choose prey over a fellow predator. A fellow predator that conveniently saved Earth. You should believe us. Do you see the Arcs are invited to this meeting today? We sought to secure our alliance with all of you here today, not them. While some bargains we've made are unsavory, even causing us discomfort, don't fault us for doing whatever we must to win this war. I want everyone here to survive and remain free. While Arxor infighting was known throughout the galaxy, I was a sole leader in this room aware of Isif's empathy test. It wasn't something that the chief hunter cared to advertise, so he wouldn't have appreciated me publicizing it. Our shared goals for a better future were the reason I cooperated with him. Had other parties known the extent of our interactions, they might vote to hurl me out of the nearest airlock. I understand your point, though even talking to them is most unsettling. Koji still eyed the predator with disdain, but submitted to his confident words. 
I think I speak for everyone in this room in saying that we'd never work with a filthy grey. We'll be watching this. General Secretary Zhao nodded. Very well. Is that the only concern in the room? You have the vassal imprisoned in their own world. Isn't that right? Crocattle Separatist Nulia squawked. Yes, it was an option that took the vassal out of play and allows us to decide what to do with them after the war ends. We can't afford to occupy them or to do nothing and let them rejoin the war. Besides, there must be consequences. They perpetrated too much evil as a civilization. I agree wholeheartedly. Why did you let them live? Clear the debris and bomb them. The fossil deserve to die for what they've done. Calls of assent rippled across the room. If I wasn't afraid of upsetting peace-loving Noah, I might have signaled my own desire for righteous vengeance. These were people who couldn't abide by any civilization not being under their control and who ripped children away from their mothers and Skulgar. Why did the fossil deserve a future after reshaping every species and allowing other worlds like the Thafkis to fall? Had the predators decided to eradicate them, I might have felt a dark glimmer of satisfaction. Well, I say we save the serious lengthy discussions for tomorrow when the Boltons presumably show. I'll leave you with a final thought. My proposed name for this venture is the Sapient Coalition. Mull that over, and without further ado, let's get the festivities started. A cheer went up from the more human-friendly guests as the predators switched the music to a more lively overture. Drinks rolled in on carts, which earned the rapturous reaction from the visitors who were less than fond of the binocular-eyed sapiens. Goji, Crocattle Separatist Nula, and Goji Minister Kiri beelined for the liquor, while other guests approached at a normal pace. Blum was also scurrying towards the stronger booze, though trying not to attract attention. I wondered if it was a good idea for the rescue to be drinking. I brushed up against Noah, feigning a look of innocence. Do you think that you can beat me in a drinking contest, dear? You're evil. He placed his hands on his hips and stifled a laugh. I'm kind of a lightweight, so I don't think so. I never understood what's so bad about that anyways. I get the same effect out of less booze. Isn't that a win? Well, humans are all lightweights to me, so I won't judge you any more than the rest of your kind. Come on, let's browse the fun juice. This is a happy occasion for once. Lowering the inhibitions of a predator would have come across as a suicidal idea, but I trusted that Noah had no latent bloodlust at this point. We retrieved a handful of drinks, getting into the social mood. The Terran ambassador downed a few shots of vodka, perhaps because of me. It seemed unusual to bring out a bar of a diplomatic summit, but I suspected it was to stifle guests' fearful inhibitions. With the leader's hackles down, they might warm up to humans, or even enjoy themselves. We wandered the floor, avoiding dancing or sitting at a table for the moment. Secretary General Zhao was showcasing a number of games from Earth, a few of which were children's games. Noah volunteered to demonstrate one called Pin the Tail on the Donkey, and tried to rally the crowd as he swaggered forward. Secondhand embarrassment made my skin feel hot, watching him struggle to remove his visor. The UN leader shook his head before procuring a cloth strip and wrapping it over the ambassador's eyes. Sarah waltzed in by my side. The Bolton delegation has arrived, Tava. They have had the longest voyage of anyone here, but that accounts for everyone on the guest list. Excellent. Stick around for a moment. 
Nora's been drinking and is blindfolded. I'm sure you'll want to see this. The human ambassador was handed a tail to stick on an animal picture. It was apparent from his head posture that he couldn't see anything. Zal placed his hands on Noah's shoulders, spinning him around ten times. The astronaut staggered forward, lurching from side to side, and extended a searching arm in front of him. The crowd was uncertain how to react to the sightless, disoriented predator, but the bravest spectators cheered him on. My quiet snickering turned to horror as Noah stumbled right before the donkey picture. His face smacked against the wall, and the mock tail fell from his grip. I rushed to his side before I could think cradling the groaning predator's skull in my paws. The astronaut pushed the blindfold off his eyes and offered a reassuring smile. Crimson blood was dripping from his nose, sending a jolt of pain through my heart. This put a damper in an otherwise jovial moment. All the security's out has you, and nobody arrested the 2D donkey. It clearly assaulted me, Noah quipped. I chuckled at his goofiness. Do I have to cut you off already? Let's go get you cleaned up. I'm fine, Tarva. I was just demonstrating what not to do for the people who've never played. How does anyone think humans are dangerous? I helped Noah up, checking him for any other injuries. Don't try to act all tough. I'll find the first aid kit and... Uh, my chastising of Ambassador Williams faltered, as I noticed the complexion drain from Zal's cheeks. The Secretary General had a hand on his earpiece and didn't seem to like the news that he was receiving. The UN leader quietly muttered for everyone to stay put before striding out of the room. I shared a glance with Noah and Sarah. An unspoken understanding was reached between us. The three of us tailed the Chinese national, followed shortly after by a majority of the delegates. This feels like what happened on Earth's memorial ceremony all over again. I have to know what has him shaken up and find a way to keep Noah safe. What's going on? I screeched. Zhao didn't even look back. Stay where you are, Tava. There's an unknown ship that followed the Poltons from the handoff site without being seen. What? Is it the Colchians? Noah's injury was forgotten, and he quickened his pace to catch the Secretary General. All of the delegates are in one place. Most of our key personnel are here. I thought this location was secure. I don't know who it is, but I know it's not a Shadow Fleet ship. More on that in a moment. Our audio recognition tells us it was a doser voice transmitting a message to us, requesting permission to land. The doser delegation is already here, Ambassador, and the shuttle itself is a crow cattle ship that went missing years ago. We jammed its weapon systems, forced it to land in a sealed bay, and ordered the passengers to disembark. There's only two life signatures. But you let the unscheduled visitors land, I hissed. And I'm sorry, how did they avoid sensor detection? Sarah's tone was thick with worry. Who would know where the handoff was to follow them in the first place? I'm trying to get answers. We need to see what's going on and how they found us. They refuse to say who they are over the channel. The ship is in a sealed hangar, and the entire team of soldiers will be waiting for them. The station's integrity is safe. We're going to sweep the craft for bombs. Those scanners turned up no suspicious markers. That's why I asked everyone to stay where they were instead of following me. Doty and Ambassador Koji squawked with suspicion. You said yourself that it was a doser speaking, not a Kolshian make. That it was weapons are offline. That your people vastly outnumbered the passengers. And that a scan showed no signs of threats. What are you hiding that you don't want us to see? I'm protecting you. After the incident on Vendel Prime, I've been taking every precaution to ensure you're safe on the station. But if you insist, tag along by all means. We will. There's no predator deception happening on my watch. Secretary General Zhao tightened his fists, storming into the bay. 
dozens of guests tail behind us, determined to see what the commotion was about. True to the UN leader's words, Predator soldiers were encircling a small Federation shuttle. Massive guns were pointed at the landing ramp in case of trouble. I flitted my paws into Noah's hand, and he squeezed it to reassure me. Military personnel delivered the order for the passengers to disembark upon Zhao's signal. The tension was tangible in the air, descending on the gathering with suffocating effects. The landing ramp lowered and I craned my neck to spot the ship's occupants. It was disturbing that an unknown party could track us to a secret location. There was the possibility that they were a scout ship for an actual threat. We needed to assess their allegiance and question them at length. The Terrans held remarkable trigger discipline, so I trusted the soldiers not to get itchy fingers. A massive shadow moved inside the ship, and the muscles in my legs stiffened with horror. Noah's uncovered eyes went wide with shock, making the veins pop next to his brown eyes. The Terran soldiers grew much more aggressive with their shouts, now ordering the passengers to stay where they were. Gasps and screams rippled through the Federation crowd, who shuffled backward. If someone didn't reassure them, this would turn into a stampede. The figure cloaked in darkness was unmistakably an Arxor silhouette. I thought about Zhao's response to dirty and accusations, shooting down the notion of working with the Greys, had the humans invited them here. The other way, the galaxy's other predators had infiltrated the secret meeting, and that didn't bode well for the Sapien Coalition's diplomatic prospects. End of chapter. Chapter 135 Memory Transcription Subject Governor Tava of the Vindal Republic Date Standardized Human Time February 5th, 2137 Secretary General Zhao leapt into action, declaring that human security had the situation under control. My fur bristled from fear before I noticed that the Terran leader seemed more concerned about our guest's reaction than the ox or intrusion. A carnivorous predator remained on the landing ramp and I swore I spotted a doser using its forehead as a seat. The beast more hung open, leaving me to spot the signature chipped tooth. Hissive, what is he doing here? This was not a planned visit, Zhao barked. I guarantee my men can keep you safe. I also swear to give you full explanation and accounting for our security lapse. We have nothing to hide from anyone. Please, I ask for a few minutes to sort this out. Ambassador Koji was flapping her wings with irritation. I knew you were partnering with the Arxor and deceiving us. They were not invited, and you can interrogate me to your heart's content. But I ask you to merely allow me to present the facts and ensure your safety. This is a UN-friendly commander I mentioned earlier that went to Malu. I spelled out the truth in exact detail. You each came all the way here, so please give me a proper chance to detail the facts. Now excuse me one second. I was the only one who dared to creep forward, getting myself into eavesdropping range as Zhao approached Isif. Other diplomats seemed terrified for the Secretary General approaching a carnivore, whereas Koji and the dirty and shield representatives looked as though they finally caught humans in the act of conspiring against prey. The doser perched on the grey's head was the object of my curiosity. Who was she? And why was she so serene in the presence of the sharp-fanged predator? What the fuck are you doing here? Zhao hissed, echoing my concerns. Are you trying to cripple the United Nations' reputation? Also, if Batman gets wind of you showing up here, we could be dragged into hostilities we can't afford. The doser glowered at the human, speaking in Isif's stead. 
We'd like to work together as allies. So your people need to stand against betterment, not just the Kulshians. If you want peace, it's time for the Arxor to make amends. We want to talk to the delegates and explain how the rebellion opposes the Dominion. Is that so? You're out of your mind if you think that these herbivores will even listen to the idea of working with you, Isif. I do not think that it will work, but I have been persuaded to try, Isif growled. I am not so foolish as to think I can join your union. Would it be so wrong for me to say a few words and open some channels? I cannot fight the Dominion alone, and I do not wish for those war to persist between us and the Leaf Lickers. It's going to be a nightmare to clean up this mess without allowing you to speak. Getting them to join up with us was going to require nothing short of diplomatic perfection. Now they're watching me chat with an Arxel. If I don't get rid of you soon, guests will start walking out of the summit. Please, Secretary General Cell. They've already seen me, yes? I wish to say a few words, as Noah didn't offer. It cannot make things worse. The human leader stood seething for several seconds and locked eyes with me. I hesitated before signaling my approval with my prosthetic tail. Zhao shook his head at the ground, fading to conceal that he was visibly upset. The United Nations had put up a lot of stock into the summit, and now it would be spent justifying why Earth was colluding with the Arxor. After taking a moment to collect himself, the primate turned to address the diplomats. I don't believe I'm even passing this on to you, but the Arxel wishes to say a few words. I can attest that we'd make sure that he doesn't set foot wrong. We will not let him stay at the summit long, but you may wish to hear what he's intended to say, perhaps, if only to pass judgment on us. I wish to give you all the facts and all the angles, Zhao said. Gojin Minister Kiri looked outraged. Isn't that the monster that destroyed the cradle? The one who kept us as food, Zerillian Prime Minister Brelin chimed in. Nula, the crow cattle separatist, squawked with fury. You should gun that mass murderer down on the spot. Isiv stared at the floor as the crowd moved from feral state to jeers and calls for execution. It was obvious that Zhao was unwilling to shoot Isiv, even if it could calm the mob. However... Any attempts by the humans to defend the Oxor were going to collapse the summit. I told that Grey outright after his empathy test that I could never forgive him. That hadn't changed, and collaboration between his faction and the Vendor would stay pragmatic rather than friendly. However, the only way to save this gathering was for me to speak up in the Terran's stead. Silence! I shrieked, swishing my prosthetic tail with raw emotion. Vendor were the ones who were the delicacies of his sector and who were tormented by unspeakable cruelty. I lost my pride and joy at the age of six to Isiv, but I say that you should hear Zhao's explanation. The dying wish of Elias Mayer was for peace between us and the Arxel. It is my wish now, too. President Cooper stamped his massive paw. Why, Tava? Now you want the Greys to stop attacking us. I want the Dominion and the Federation gone. Most importantly, they want the truth to mean something for once in the star-damned galaxy. There is nothing I won't sacrifice for that. Secretary General Zhao clasped his hands behind his back, strolling forward. Well said, Tava. Humanity is willing to give everything of ourselves for peace. Look at Ambassador Williams, who went to Arthur despite expecting to be killed or worse. Why did you volunteer, Noah? I said that if there was a single species like the Venel, it was worth it. Noah answered without skipping a beat. 
I would have died for what we were doing here today. I would have gone to my grave satisfied for a chance to maybe acquire peace. The United Nations shuts no doors to anyone willing to mend the rift in this galaxy. Before we decide whether to permit Isip's request to parley, I ask you to lend your ears for five minutes. Follow me back to the banquet hall while we contain our visitor here, and you will hear the full scope of humanity's dealings with the Arxor. The Terran leader pushed his way through the crowd, who parted in a hurry to avoid the confident predator. I cast a scathing look at my fellow diplomats and hurried after Secretary General Zhao. If anyone could talk their way out of this disaster, it was the humans. Their silver tongues were the only reason a predator race swayed any allies to their side at all. I would do anything in my power to back up Earth's claims. The first order of business was ensuring that the diplomats would listen to us at all. The Zeridians, the Yodel, and surprisingly the Crow Cattle were the first factions to return to the meeting area. Mazic President Kupo, despite his former skepticism of everything the primates did, was coaxing others to agree to the impromptu plan. The Sulean and the Iftali representatives herded former neutrals back, while the Dosa delegation managed to stop gawking at Issa's confidently waving hat. The most staunch human allies won't turn on the arboreal predators, not without hearing their side of the story. It's the others that'll mean the difference between a sapient coalition of a dozen or so, or one of forty plus, or somewhere in between. The rest of the factions trickled in, grudgingly willing to hear the Earthling's explanation. The Gojit and Tulfish leader seemed disgusted. The Cradle and Silas both had suffered devastating Oxal raids in the post-human era. The Thafki looked terrified, which was understandable for a species that was nearly hunted to extinction. Recent revelations showed the Federation conspiracy allowed their planet to fall centuries ago, making that loss even more needless. Meanwhile, Dirty and Shield visitors appeared to be returning to solicit a confession from Zhao. You've just proved that you choose the Arxor over us, Koji stormed towards the stage, ruffled with disgust. Here's the proof of you siding with them. Humans acting like them comes next. You lied about the extent of your involvement with them. Zhao leaned toward the podium's microphone. Settle down. My answer to you was the truth. I can recite it to you, since I have it written on these cards here. Does anyone recall the three things I listed as our intentions with the Arxor? To win the war, Zerillian Ambassador Chaucian offered. Close enough. I did say we'll do whatever you must to achieve victory. So I repeat, my three stated intentions were to use them to strengthen our position in the war, to liberate all sapient cattle in the galaxy, and to dismantle the Dominion where possible. Those are my exact words. And it was the truth. We interact with Isif to benefit humanity and sapient life as a whole. Koji puffed her feathers. But you didn't say, that's exactly what I said, verbatim. These proceedings are recorded. You can check for yourself. Nothing I said was a lie or predator deceit. I was quite candid about us allying with them, even naming the specific instance of Maloo. Do you refute that claim? No, but, but I refute that a grey could ever benefit humanity or any of us. Really? So is if lending thousands of ships to fend off Colchians and Maloom and nothing. He is leading a rebellion against the Dominion, which you and I both thoroughly despise. That weakens the Arxor. The Battle of Sinus ended bloodlessly because he intervened. Furthermore, since his uprising began, he's attacked cattle holdings and returned any herbivores he could acquire. 
So you don't care about the cradle at all? Minister Kiri hissed. Are you forgetting who fought the Arxor on the ground? There would be no Gojit refugees without humanity. The fact that your remaining colonies have been left alone is because we retook the cradle and parlayed with Isim. Again, I'll do anything to ensure your survival as sovereign entities. The Gojit representative backed down, but judging by the bristling spines, she was still simmering. Having bargained for every Vendel cattle little in custody, I could detest to the benefits of negotiating with Isif. Planting meat-growing factories on Skalgar had been unsavory. Still, the exchange was a net positive for my species. Humanity and all its allies needed every drop of cooperation they could scrounge up. General Jones had briefed me on Oxo-Colstrian collusion to perpetrate the war, after assuring that I would keep it secret. It's a good reason to seek peace, and it redirects some of the blame, knowing the conspiracy wanted us to be attacked and butchered. Tell them why the Arxos still exist at all, I prompted. Zhao pursed his lips. I was going to show them tomorrow, but very well. It can be bumped up the list. The Colchians could have stopped the Arxor at any time. It wasn't just the Thafke's world they let be raided. It was every world that was ever attacked by the Arxor ship. If you don't believe me, hear it from Lyconus's lips. The Secretary General hastily played the video, intercepted from private communications. When Chief Nikonis had called Prophet Descendant Gizno over Arxor interference in the Battle of Malu, gasps sounded across the hall, seeing two rival powers conversing with each other. Diplomats' shocked expressions intensified as they processed what the two heads of state were saying. Betterman's leader griped that Isif was promoting peace and satiety with his rebellion. Nikonis' reply was somehow more damning. We need one predator around, and the last thing I want is a fucking ox or asking for peace. He makes you look good. The Gaulshian had spat the words with disgust. I know, it's sickening. A fat, lazy dominion without battlement. The war must continue for the sake of control. We're trying to hunt Isif down, but he's been elusive, Gizno responded. The day finished playing, culminating Nikonis' assurance that Betterment could continue their raids. The diplomats seemed appalled, hearing the Colchians endorse the ox or barbaric cattle practices. Despite this knowledge not being new to me, it was an infuriating reminder of how the conspiracy wanted Venlil to be weak and afraid. My daughter's death was part of their moral imperative to fix the galaxy. What a joke. Isif is seeking peace, was a threat to our enemies. That is why humanity works with him. Zhao planted both hands on the podium, and I could sense his binocular eyes surveying the audience. Whatever the Valsians, the Colchians, and the Minion don't want, we do. They don't care how many lives are lost. They want to keep us all in this terrible loop. So they retain their power. Nothing changes the fact that those greys are people-eating monsters, the Thafki ambassador objected. It doesn't change everything Isif has done. You're right. But the Arxor weren't always like this. Just like all of you weren't always what they made you to be. If Isif movements keep Nikonis and Gisnel up at night, there's a damn good reason to keep it going. How do you think the Colchians will feel just seeing a peace-seeking carnivore address you? I imagine Chief Nikonis would have a conniption if we allowed Isif to present a statement to the delegation. My fantasy of the look on his face made me giggle under my breath, owning a strange look from Noah. 
Learning the atrocities inflicted on Skullgar's inhabitants by the conspiracy had turned me spiteful. The Federation's founders deserve to pay for their crimes and have their crumbling of that ideology shoved in their faces. The unanimous opposition to Isip's presence has dried up in a hurry. Sentiments seem more mixed now, though people like Koji and the Thafki aren't mollified. I express my utmost gratitude for each of you listening to humanity's side of the story. Your consideration is all that I asked. Let's take a vote. Who would permit the Arxor to speak his peace? Zhao asked. To my surprise, Nula's wing shot up before my own paw raised. The Crow cattle must truly detest the Kolshians for what they did to Nishtal all those years ago. The Fissen seemed to weigh whether Isip's speech could have economic benefits. However, when Nevok ambassador raised the paw, the Fissens matched their rival's vote. Gojid Minister Kiri surveyed the current tally before hesitatingly throwing her paw into the air. Among other assenting voters were the Tilfish Governor Burla, the Zerillian and Yotel Camps, and Tardi Poltian Party, the Quiet Tycans, and the Sulian Iftali delegates. There were some predictable parties amongst the naysayers, the Thafki for obvious reasons, and anyone affiliated with the predator-hating Dirtian Shield. Mazik President Kupo was the most surprising voter against the human's plea. Kao's leader pledged full-throated support for the Terrans, but he rejected the idea of hearing from actual monster. There was only so far he was willing to compromise his values. The split was visible through a survey of the audience, with there being a clear edge in those in favor of hearing Isab's speech. I released a breath I didn't know I'd been holding in. Per my quick estimate, about two-thirds of the audience cast a yes vote to Zal's query. The Secretary General blinked with a pleasant surprise before announcing that he would fetch Isif. Those who voted against this proposition looked extremely discontented. Koji was staring at her peers with a betrayed expression. Thank you, you predators! The Dirtian stormed up to the Ambassador Noah, who was nursing a bleeding nose. You! You say you want peace, you want rights, then you bring the very monsters that steal both of those things here under false pretenses. How many aliens have you gotten killed, dragging them into your war? The Terran astronaut flinched, and I could tell that Koji struck a nerve with the war casualties remark. It was clear that he was also frightened that the avian would attack him and make a scene. I moved in front of my human, resisting his attempts to pull me back. My paw curled into a fist as I leveled the dirty ambassador with a glare that could melt glaciers. The rest of the Vendel delegation, minus Glim, rushed to my side, forming a wall in front of Noah. I think you should leave, I told Koji coldly. The other human-friendly species mobilized into our formation, the unintimidating Cerulean's amongst the first to stand by my side, Nula was ready to go toe-to-toe with other avian species, with the crow cattle delegates eager to atone for their past crimes. The Dotian ambassador became visibly nervous when Kupo stepped into her path. The Mazik respected the results of the vote and didn't appreciate the scathing rhetoric towards sweet Noah. I recognized the irony, remembering how accusatory Cow's president had once been towards the human. The grey-feathered avian turned her beak up towards the sky. We're leaving. The entirety of the Dirtian Shield is leaving. We'll never be beholden to filth like you and uh, your pets. Koji stalked away, followed by a handful of species from the Dirtian Alliance. Laolo, the Yotel ambassador, started cheering and imitating human clapping as they left. The avian looked like she wanted to bite his head off, though she marched off without another word. Secretary General Zhao peeked his head back into the room, just in time for the Dirtian to push past him. Judging by his wary grimace, 
the Chinese general put two and two together. The good news was that the Tafki and other non-shield dissenters remained present, but the troublesome dirty in vacating the premises. It would lessen the chances of hostile responses to every word a predator uttered. The 38 species still present found seats far away from the stage and waited for Isif to be brought in for his speech. Whatever Chief Hunter Isif wished to say to us, I hoped it wouldn't cause any more diplomatic upheaval. End of chapter. Chapter 136. Memory Transcription Subject. Slenek Venal Civilian. Date Standardized Human Time, February 5th, 2137. The awkwardness between Marcel and I hung in the air, though the human forced some small talk. My exchange partner had stayed on the quarantine station for longer than any other patient, even after the infected were all cleared to leave. I didn't pry into his affairs, but the mention of moving to Venel Prime hadn't sat well with his fiancée, Lucy. She was growing exhausted with the redhead running around the galaxy, and was less than thrilled at the prospect of leaving Earth behind. The Ceridian doctors had passed along rumors that they heard Mark yelling into his holopad. The scarred predator had reported my crime to the United Nations and admitted when I came to speak with him after reading Frankenstein. Marcel thought that he was doing me a favor by qualifying his report with me being mentally ill and with an unknown variables from the venal news in the archives. The fact that my species were once fierce warriors unsettled me. We were twisted into something that I didn't comprehend. The instinct suppression program had stirred something that changed me back. Feeling like a science experiment gone wrong, the moral of Frankenstein landed. I am a monster, dire, deformed, angry man, and I know when I'm stew. I interrupted the human's current train of conversation, which was regarding rainforests on Earth. You can't even look at me. What do you want me to say, Slinek? I'm, well, upset at my own people as much as you, Marsan growled. When I notified you in command, they claimed that the video logs from your helmet camera went missing. Then they pulled some under-the-table stuff with the Venal military to give you a quiet, honorable discharge. It's bullshit! I didn't want a discharge. I want to go back to the war. No! You told me you read the book. And you understood. I did. I finished it weeks ago. You're still not ready to talk. Slanek, who was the one dodging every question of substance? I don't need to hear any more lies from you. You just want me to let it go but we can't rewind the clock on our friendship. I trust very deeply, and you broke that. The only reason I'm coming with you is because I want you to get help, for what it's worth. I'm sorry I didn't see this sooner. I rose to my feet as the near-vacant train stopped near my hometown. You think I damned myself? I hear your interpretation of the book. What's the point if I've already fecked everything over? His hazel eyes glistened. I couldn't bear to watch you go off the deep end. I loved you. The brother I never had, Slenek. I still do. But this hatred is festering inside of you. And it's turning you into something I don't recognize. Everything I did, I did because I cared about you. Because I didn't want you, or anyone like you, to get hurt. No matter what you think of me, I'm still here when you need me. I'll make sure you're taken care of on Venlo Prime. The Predator's stare intensified, and he placed his hands on my shoulders. Marcel turned me around forcibly, inspecting me with a look that screamed alarm. As bitter as I sounded right now, it offered slight comfort to know that the human still cared about me. The way I regarded him was like a brother I lost. Perhaps my dependency on him was from fear of loss. 
The prospects of the Terran having no choice but to cling to me due to the effects of the disease were enticing. This was an alien word that he'd need to be coaxed into. Unfortunately, my calling is much more urgent. The things that were done to me, to all Vendelkind, must be reckoned for. I'll try to set Marcel up for success. How you said that? It was like you're not coming back. Are you gonna hurt yourself? His voice had become much softer, and he shook his head emphatically. It doesn't have to end like this. You made a mistake. I won't sugarcoat it, but it doesn't have to define you forever. I'll help you. I straightened my ears in earnest. I'm not going to self-harm. That was a dark assumption. I just need to go somewhere else to sort out my issues. Of course, that's exactly what you should do. I am really happy to hear that. See, I did understand. I'm a monster, and I need to do something about the things that made me one. The caution, the fossil, the history being burned from the ledger. I wouldn't put it like that, but yeah, Marsal declared with a bit too much enthusiasm. It takes a brave person to seek help. You got this, buddy. Breaking away from the human, I led him down the sidewalk towards my childhood home. The cerulean row house with the crumbled paint had character and eccentricity, as my mother put it. The last thing I wanted was to speak to my parents, knowing that they would be ashamed of the predatory creature their child had become. However, Marcel needed a place to stay, and I couldn't take care of my business until I knew that he'd been looked after. My plea to the universe was that my folks weren't anti-Terran bigots. Swallowing my hesitation, I ordered Marcel to wait at the bottom of the stairs. During my deployment on Silas, that had been when I recognized the onset of what any normal Vendel would call predator disease. Anzo cautioned me never to repeat that phrase again, but it would be tough to hide how much I'd changed. The Yoto had been correct about us being fired up before the Federation got us. Stealing my swirling nerves, my claws tapped the buzzer. As seconds passed waiting, flight impulses tugged at my mind for the first time in a while. The door creaked open before the elderly female Vendel behind it spotted us. Her transition to throw her arms around me was near instantaneous. I stood in numb silence as my mother sobbed into my shoulder. She stepped back at last, covering my chin with pure joy. The guilt threatened to consume me, especially as a hint of fury tugged at her ears. I noticed her pupils start briefly to Marcel, though she ignored him. Slimek, you haven't contacted us in months, she hissed. We had no way of knowing if you were dead, and we saw you on the news with him. The government told us that you moved to Earth during the raid. Then we only found out that you were alive by hearing you shipped off to Silas. I flicked my ears. Ugh, I'm sorry. There's some things I didn't want you to know. Do you have any idea what you put us through by deciding what we should know? Come here, human. Marcel shifted on his feet. Are you sure, Miss... Shit. You guys don't have a last name, sir. I don't want to call you Miss Lenek. Call me Genzi. I obviously know who you are, Marcel Frazier. Thank you for bringing my son home. Sure thing, uh, it was a harrowing out there, Genzi. We've been through a lot together. But we don't need to talk about that, I interjected. You're, uh, more calm around Marcel than I expected. I play Mahjong with the human co-workers a few times a season. They have such wonderful gossip. My mother gestured towards the hallway. Please, come in, both of you. Your father is grabbing groceries. He'll be back. I pinned my ears back with discomfort as Gen Z dragged me inside. The human removed his shoes at the doorstep, not wanting to track dirt inside, I presumed. Marcel hadn't been happy when I got mud on his couch back on Earth. How? I wished I could rewind the clock to those days. This 
wasn't where I belonged anymore, and I needed to make a quick exit before my mother realized her son was an unlovable monster. You want Gen Z to remember you as the thoughtful, well-mannered young man you once were, not as this thing. Listen, I'm not going to be staying long, I hissed. Gen Z issued an adamant no-tail signal. Nonsense! I'm going to fix you boys a nice lunch, and you're going to tell me everything that you've been up to. I don't want to. I can't. Mark, uh, can I have a minute to talk to her? Alone? The human nodded and turned an inquisitive gaze on my mother. She pointed with her tail towards the living room at the far end of the hallway. I watched as the Terran faded from earshot, grateful for the knowledge that their hearing was subpar. What I was about to impart to my mother wasn't something I wanted myself to be aware of. I crossed my mind to leave him a note, but that might induce him to interfere with my plans. Hurt flashed in Jensie's eyes. How can you leave so soon after being gone for so long? Do we not matter to you at all, Slinek? Look, I don't think I'm coming back, Mom. Don't ask why. There are things I have to do. I'm here for Marcel's sake because the Colchians cured him and he has nowhere to go. Please, if you still love me, take him in and care for him. It's my only wish. I have nothing against your friend, but asking me to let him move in with no set time frame is a big ask. I don't know him, and he's not my son. You are. Pretend Marcel is your son. He'll be a better son than I ever was, please. I beg you. Nothing is more important to me than knowing he's safe. We'll help him get back on his feet, at least for a little while. Why don't you just stay a little longer, Slinek? You can't run off saying I'll never see you again. Tell me what's going on with you. It's not important. Whatever happens next, it wasn't your fault. I ducked back out of the front door, shaking off her efforts to tug me back inside. I'm sorry, Mom. I really am. Tell him I'm sorry, too. Without any further hesitation, I found myself sprinting as far away from my home as my crooked legs would carry me. Memories of playing with my brother kindled my own tears, and sobbing turned hysterical as I reminisced on my adventures with Marcel. The human believed I was getting help, but I knew it was too late for anything to be done. He hadn't wanted me to stay, given his claim that our friendship couldn't be restored to its former state. Genzi would ensure that he adjusted to Vendel Prime and didn't end up a destitute on the streets. It's okay, Slenek. You're always a liability to him. It's better off without you. They all are. My lungs burned, forcing me to slow from my breakneck run. The merciless sun beat down overhead, its reddish glow permeating my bushy fur like it was punishing me. I forced myself to keep moving. I couldn't afford to miss the train and allow Marcel or Genzi to chase after me. No matter what happened next, I hoped neither thought it was their fault. There was nothing that could make me regret my time in exchange program and meeting my gentle, vegetarian predator. I shimmied inside a train car just as the doors were closing and collapsed on a bench with a heavy sigh. The knapsack on my back had felt light until now, since it contained only meager belongings. I slid it onto the floor in front of me, allowing myself a short break from hauling it around. An automated voice declared that we were heading to Oriel, a farming village. I hadn't checked where the transit was headed before hopping on. I could keep riding it until it reached a large city, one where I could find a spaceport. It gave me time to iron out my plans. Goodbye, Marcel. I won't disappoint you anymore, I whispered, bowing my head in mourning. My paws retrieved the Frankenstein book he'd given me. I understood the exact parallel that was being drawn by the story. It was laughable that I thought that it was an allegory for humans being the unnatural monsters, 
when the novel first inspired me to pity them. The unholy mix-and-match abomination created by scientists that thought that they could play God, who was then driven mad by the world around him. It was me. It was always me. Marcel implied as much when he implored me to find the text's lessons. What I needed to do to fulfill my destiny was spelled out in the crisp pages. There was only one way to extol the rage searching my heart at the deserved party, just as I had done with that arrogant Caution scientist. The execution had felt righteous and satisfying, a welcome release, until Marcel returned. If I was embracing my role as the monster, that meant I must kill my creator, after they'd lost everything they loved. With Nikonis's empire crumbling due to Terran interference, I was content to skip the first step and go for the jugular. Nikonis, and by extension the rest of the Scorsian underlings, had done this to me. They were the reasons for all of my suffering and deformities. The Commonwealth chief must fall by my claw if I were to feel better. Nobody else should suffer as a Vendel had. Those tentacle freaks shouldn't have the opportunity to harm anyone ever again. I was going to find a way off this world and find someone who could smuggle me into Afa. When I lorded over Nikonis's cold, lifeless corpse after watching the light dim in his eyes, then his punishments would be complete. Justice will be served. It might not set my heart at peace, but I don't care. It's not about me. It's about them what they've done. Humans can never slip through office security to get close to Nikonis, but the Caucians didn't take us modern vendors seriously. There had to be a way to use stealth to my advantage. I'd stashed the book back into my knapsack and set my mind to devising a plan. Attaining a weapon was the first order of business, though I had that figured out. I imagined an exterminator's office would give me one if I claimed a dog was following me. How else could I protect myself from a predator? It was a shame they wouldn't hand out flamethrowers without guild membership. A standard firearm would have to be enough to put Nikonis down for good. If this was the last mission I undertook, I accepted my fate. Perhaps the greatest incentive was that, if I succeeded, nobody would ever jeer Venlil as weak again. My focus turned to blocking out all memories of the human that was once my friend, and I committed myself to avenging both of our species. End of chapter. Chapter 137. Memory Transcription Subject Governor Tava of the Vendel Republic. Date Standardized Human Time, February 5th, 2137. While the United Nations had no intention of gunning down Isif, human snipers had their sights trained on him in case the Arcs had tried anything. I imagined their watchful presence was for the purpose of putting the other delegates at ease, as much as they could be with a carnivorous predator mounting the stage. The chief hunter had to slouch to reach the microphone, even after raising it to its full height. Fearful expressions marred the praised delegate faces, with reptilian eyes aimed in their direction. Everything that stirred our instincts about Terrans was there tenfold in the grey. This was the face that haunted our nightmares, the visage of the cruelest race in existence. A ginger and white doser left off Isif's head and curled up on the podium right in front of him. The delegation from Malou's refugees hissed for the rodent to be removed, trying to signal her to come to them. The tiny herbivore who had appeared alongside the Arxel showed no interest, yawning to express boredom. Many humans looked befuddled by her nonchalance, except for Zhao, who seemed to have encountered this doser before. Issa fled his nostrils, and a handful of delegates fainted. The Thafki ambassador was out like a light, 
while the Gojin Minister Kiri swooned and faltered like a lawn chair. Primates rushed over to try rouse the downed diplomats, and I turned to survey Noah's expression. The Terran ambassador had taken on an exterior of alarm as though something awful occurred to him. His unmasked eyes raced across the room, scanning every vendor. The glint in his brown irises was of personal concern. I gasped with my own worry when the pieces clicked in my brain. Ambassador Williams was looking for Glim, and his pupils settled on a tail sticking out from under a dresser. Oh no, Noah murmured, seeing an oxen must be traumatic for Glim. They tortured and penned him for years. He watched them eat other vendel in front of him daily. The human pushed his way through the crowd, who were preoccupied with the most threatening predator in the room. Glim was catatonic under the dresser, shaking like a leaf. He was gasping out the words, Not cattle, before diverting to repeating the numbers on his brand. The vendel rescue promptly vomited all over the floor, and Noah dragged him out to prevent him from choking. The astronaut shared a glance with me before rushing the former cattle vendel from the room in his arms. The terror in Glim's eyes seemed to pierce right through me. How long had he been under there, since he's heard us discussing whether to allow Isif to speak? Chief Hunter didn't notice or didn't comment on Glim's departure, as he cleared his throat with a thunderous growl. More of the delicates cowered, and unlike the human's apologetic demeanor, the oxel seemed irked. He hissed something into the dose's ears. Worried gazes dotted the audience, as many assumed the grey was leaning in to chow into a soft throat. The rodent chittered back with an angry expression and made a dramatic gesture at the microphone. It subsided in surrender. Hello. I do not expect to be granted access to your meetings or to join your association. I merely recognize the pragmatic concern that we have of common enemy and per the information provided by human intelligence services. Betterment and the Federation are two sides of the same knife, but I cannot offer any recompense for the ills you have suffered. No, it will end with me and my rebellion. After everything you've done, you want us to work with you? Lula, the crow cattle representative, challenged. There are crow cattle here. Humans are soft. And their willingness to speak with you, after what you did to Earth, reflects the shortcomings of their empathy. You are the face of the extermination fleet, and I do not wish to speak or work with you. Oh, so if you challenge your government after leading atrocities your whole life, you're fine. The cattle were used and thrown away without knowing we were omnivores. If I had that information when voting on Earth's fate, things would have been different, Grey. If I had an alternative that did not get me killed, things would have been different. You had a choice, the ability to speak up without losing your head, and you didn't. Why? I don't owe you an explanation, you abominable monstrosity. I didn't vote for you to get your nasty eyes and the best pickings. Oh, sorry, I mean, speak to us. We'd never fight alongside someone as unscrupulous and repulsive as you. Silence! Secretary General Zal bellowed. I expect all guests and Sapien Coalition to behave with a decorum and rationality befitting professional diplomats. We aren't the Federation. We don't conduct debates and decide issues by lobbing insults, no matter our personal feelings. If Noah were here rather than tending to Glim, 
he would have remarked on how difficult it had been to get a word in edgewise, with the constant interruptions during his other speech. The jeers rang in my ears as fresh as yesterday. Cooper had led the heckling, casting skepticism on the notion of arboreal eyes and suggesting humanity would turn on us. The Mazet was much more partial to Noah now than in those days, and hadn't hesitated to shield him from Koji. However, the large mammal had voted against allowing Isip to speak. I imagined he was having difficulty holding his tongue. Humanity should be appreciative of Kupo's attempts to be respectful of the forum, knowing that his true thoughts aligned with Nula's rhetoric. This debate could turn heated in a hurry, and I wasn't sure I trusted an ox or terrain in his temper. The Terrans couldn't let this powder keg erupt into flames. Yotel Ambassador Laulo curled a slip in defiance. What is it you want, Axel? I seek to ally. We're beneficial to weaken our enemies, and I'm willing to attack specific targets in exchange for resources. Primarily, I seek a non-aggression pact. This war should not continue in the event we both triumph over our adversaries, yes? This death cycle must cease, yes, it retorted, flicking his tongue. So, 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 you what? Stop raiding us and eating us? Zerillion Prime Minister Braylon spoke up. I don't see how we could ever believe that you wouldn't relax our guard just to launch a sneak attack. Do you not recognize that you have the most shrewd, resourceful, relentless species on your side? A humanity with actual time to perfect their craft. It will be suicide to go up against them in a few years. Look how rapidly they advance, they learn, they innovate. Similar to your feelings, I have no guarantee that you wouldn't see my kind extinct as soon as we try to isolate ourselves. I know you think we do not deserve to exist. You don't! Lula squeaked. You're a bunch of bloodthirsty demons! The archives will show you there was not always so cut and dry, bird. Now shut your beak. We cannot be friends, obviously, but I would hope many generations from now our descendants might be civilized with each other, that each of our factions may regard the other's lives with some minimal value. Would that not be better than this cursed existence? A dose of diplomat leapt around, held aloft by a mazic, trying to draw attention you're keeping one of ours as a hostage on this very floor. Who is she, and what have you done to her? Ah, this is Vara. I rescued her from Malu, and we are friends. She is silly and irritating, but does she look like a hostage to you? I feel like her hostage. I made Sifi come here, Vara squeaked, a prideful note coloring her voice. Speaking at a summit was my idea. I told him he should try to make peace. Issa was never taught how to have empathy... But I'm certain he has a good heart. For the record, nobody made me do anything. I believe this is a delusional, fruitless endeavor, and the humans, uh, much like all of you, don't want me to hear to tarnish their reputation. I'm surprised I was allowed to speak to you. Then why did you come here at all? Mazic President Cooper finally challenged. To test how much you could manipulate us. My reason for coming is somewhat to express my remorse over the role I played in your historical atrocities, because it is my sincere feeling. Also, practically, I cannot overcome the Dominion alone, so it is a strategic move to express the benefits that could be gained from a reluctant partnership. Zhao touts the idea of victory at all costs, yes? The cost is for us to tolerate each other. 
What if we don't want to tolerate you? Then that is what the expected outcome. I merely will ask that the United Nations pass along back channels to communicate with me, if you desire. Each state might reach out, should they be interested in any non-aggression pacts. Thank you for granting me the audience. I will not take any more of your time. Zhao gave a hand signal to the UN soldiers, who escorted the Arxor from the room without hesitation. I considered the speech I just heard. It was surprising that the carnival had been able to iterate its full pitch and have his points listened to by prey. Issa's rhetoric mirrored my own ideas, recognizing that friendship was impossible and suggesting a pragmatic alliance instead. Risking open collaboration before election would be a political suicide. But perhaps the Venlo Republic could accept his proposal off the Republic's radar. Issa's stunt proved that an Arxor can act civilized and communicate more than hungry threats. The question is if this demolished humanity's chances of securing support for the coalition. The majority of species had consented to the Arxel's brief admittance and supported the Terrans in the face of mockery. Secretary General Zhao seemed keen to get the proceedings back on track. Serious entreaties were needed at this moment rather than festivities. It was a shame since I sensed how desperately the humans needed a happy moment to cling to. The guests had enjoyed the earlier messing about to a certain degree, judging by how they cheered Noah's face-planting stunt on. This was supposed to be an event calling for unity and celebrating the diplomatic tribulations Earth had overcome. As the UN's leader rushed to mingle with leery diplomats, I committed myself to winning over anyone who was put off by the Arxel's visit. A part of me was darkly curious if others were considering his offer, though the cynical side of me doubted it. After how the peaceful Terrans were mistreated time and again, I had little faith in the collective to pass fair judgment. I padded up to the Mazic President Cooper, bracing myself for damage control. I was impressed with how you handled yourself. The humans had a tough situation on their hands there. They need Isif militarily. You seem to understand that. Go owes our continued existence to humanity. Though I vehemently disagree with treating that monster as a person, the UN still has my full support, Tava, Cooper replied. I see what you're trying to do, and it is not necessary. The Terrans simply can't believe they're predators of evil because they are not evil. It is understandable. Not accurate, but roll with it. Perhaps there's another good predator race out there, like Zhao said. Sapiens choose what they are. Sure, but blood-drinking killers are a lot more likely to choose evil by default. There is a disconnect between that practice and good motives. Even the humans would agree. And that's why they've battered themselves through science. Their curiosity brings out the best in them. Well, I'm glad you noticed how humans adore science and find meaning in their surroundings, I dodged. Sarah would be happy to hear that her field is appreciated. Please, excuse me. There was one name to check off the list of potential discontented parties. The slightly misguided Cooper's support hadn't been jeopardized by our unwanted guest. I noticed a dejected Nula slinking into Zhao's circle, where the indigo wings folded unhappily. The crow cattle and her body turned away from the human. I wondered if she was afraid of him, after he lobbied for the Arxel's introduction. Scurrying off from my private conversation with the Masik, I joined the Secretary General's circle to offer support. 
the crow cattle of all species have no right to challenge humanity. I was surprised and perhaps a little displeased that they were invited here, when Earth's gaping wounds are still fresh. I am glad we are all right, Telenkin. Zhao was saying to the Thafki diplomat who looked groggy after fainting. I'd love to get back on track discussing a Thafki settlement under our protection. Some way you can restore your society without being targeted for attack as soon as you plant your roots. Tilikin some lumped his shoulders. Before you came along, there were 12,000 of us left because of the Arksaw. The Federation leaders made sure no one came to help us. But they didn't helm the raid. The Greys did the deed. Had I known the Arxor was coming in advance, I would have never allowed it. Humanity understands how sensitive this is to you and your people. All I want is to help the Thafki flourish. You're important to us personally. Enough that we never gave up on calling you our friends. Please, in turn, don't give up on humanity because of this one hiccup. Everything ye with you ends with a representative dying. The Arcs are showing up, or a planet getting attacked. You're right. We failed to keep people safe. This incursion was a lapse in our security, for which I am unspeakably sorry. We can do better. Humans aren't quitters. Your survival and your freedom are what we fight for, alongside our own. Nula flapped her wings. Human, I know you may not want to speak to me. No, please. I brought you here as an olive branch, not to hold earth over your head. I don't wish to condemn your species, while a few would agree with me. I think the fact that the crow cattle were the first victims changes our perspective. This is a fresh start for us, sir. Or it can be. I just wanted to apologize for how I phrased my words to that filthy grey. Not that I regret that, I just, uh, I realized how many nasty eyes comment would have taken the wrong way by humans. Who also have binocular eyes? Your eyes aren't nearly as bad as theirs. Zhao coyly lifted his visor for a second. Are you sure about that? The crow cattle froze, stuttering for a few moments. I, uh, um, no, 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 worse in person for videos. Don't do a hole and look right at you, Justice. Uh, what I mean to say is that yours are, uh, unfortunate. And there's a nasty. Is that so? The Secretary General issued a gruff laugh fitting his visor back over his eyes. For what it's worth, many humans get anxiety from other people staring at them. It can be most unsettling, and I understand that your temper flared with this of, all is forgiven. Nula shook her wings out, an attempt to flush the fear chemicals from her body. Telekin had looked away when Zen started to remove his visor. The Thafki didn't want to risk passing out twice in the span of an hour. I couldn't help but snicker at the frightful diplomats, along with the amused human-accustomed Laolo. The yodel was having a full Benny laugh, and I shared his view on the situational absurdity. Gazing into a human's eyes was intoxicating, a way of peering through a window to their soul, especially when it was Noah's loving gaze. For anyone who knows the Terrans well, it's impossible to be scared of them. Seeing Laolo project that sentiment... I can tell the Yotl would be an easy vote to join the coalition. The positive outlook was that no parties outside the Dirtune Shield had walked out or became hostile to humans, which was a victory under the circumstances. The real test would be how many committed to join as a member state, when the vote took place in a few days. Outlining any diplomatic technicalities, discussing a vision of a post-war future, and confirming signatures to the various treaties 
Bromwood B entrants were next on the agenda. For some planets, FDL comms would need to patch them into legislator at home to vote on the document ratifications. I was hopeful that humanity would succeed in its mission to found a better league of planets. No species had fought harder with the unrequited kindness to gain friends amongst the stars. A binding agreement to cement that humans were not alone in their quest for peace would mean the world to me. End of chapter. Chapter 138. Memory Transcription Subject Governor Tava of the Venerable Republic. Date Standardized Human Time, February 9th, 2137. The rest of the summit was uneventful, with standard diplomatic talk setting a mundane atmosphere that reminded me of any other bureaucratic affair. My speech railed against the actions of the archives, taken against Herbivores for seeking self-determination. I appealed to the connections the Vendel held for centuries and what the Federation was supposed to stand for. Exchange program guests spotted me, talking about the connections they forged with predators. Raylan and Laulo spoke about why they helped Earth, testifying to humanity's innocence. Most of the speakers, however, were human. Ambassador Williams got a proper stint on the stage with a heavily prepared statement, rehashing what he'd said on offer in full detail. Secretary General Zhao handed the floor off to the undersecretaries to detail various tenets of the Charter. Extradition, interstellar police, and travel policies were proposed. Followed by opinions on which substances should be controlled, currency exchanges, labor, laws, and trade were discussed by another human official. The tricky issue was that of the exterminators and the environment. After the next Terran floated the idea of conservation, while well, the notion of preserving predators had been scrubbed from their speech, other diplomats caught on to the underlying intent. The humans deflected back to monitoring ecosystem impacts and preventing threats to sustainability. Their immediate pivot to colonization procedures and setting territorial disputes through the coalition forum wasn't lost on me. It was brave of Zhao to subtly throw condemnation on the guild before any signatories had committed to the coalition the humans truly hate exterminators and predator disease. Terrans didn't need to raise the issue of predator disease beyond Sarah Rosario claiming that she would share research in the interest of cooperation and transparency. I had a sneaking suspicion that humans would use the Universal Declaration of Sapient Rights to lobby for the humane treatment of the mentally ill individuals. Tolsk was also kicked down the road to be decided by whoever chose to join the coalition of Raw. The Predators covered all their bases and managed not to garner too much outrage from coveted allies. The Arxol visit and the anti-exterminator guests muddied the waters, so we'd have to see whether those occurrences would have negative impacts on the vote. Boo! Ambassador Williams wrapped his arms around me from behind and rested his chin on my shoulders. Ah, I didn't scare you a little. I wanted a little playback for all the times the Venal approached me from the side, forgetting we can't see you. You know what it still scares me about you, Noah. How much I love you, I murmured. The human released his grip. Perhaps we feel the same. How deep is your love, so fearsome that it rocks the soul like a gust? You've said that before, haven't you? Uh, I might have been writing a poem for you for Valentine's. That day doesn't mean a thing to you, so I guess I can relay part of it now. It's not very good anyway. Go on. I need something to give me confidence. 
I'm the first on the voters' roster. For all I know, I'll be the only yes vote. Okay. <clears throat> Since I've met you, love is not just a word. It sings deep within me, unspoken and unheard. A passion that blows all concerns to dust, so fearsome that it rocks the soul like a gust. The rest is certain that I am understood and secure. I'll cherish you forever to see that we'll endure. Well, Tava, I know it's corny and short, but maybe he'd the thought. I chuckled. That was actually pretty good. I could hear the rhyme and flow before I caught the meaning. Who knew my science stork was a poet? It can be our little secret. Right, I think they're about to call for the votes, so I can stop embarrassing myself. Good luck, Governor. I could sense Noah winking at me, even through his eye visor, just by the slight movement of his facial muscles. The Secretary General had been delivering a formal thanks to the attendees, and I could see the nervousness in his stance. He summoned me as the first voter, symbolic of how we were humanity's original friends, and asked for the others to form a queue. Each diplomat obliged, and I waltzed past the various aliens. Their expressions were impermeable, granting no insight to the votes. I accepted the microphone from Sal, who offered a few gracious claps. Hello. There has never been a species which I loved as much as my own. I love the Terrans for caring nature and their innocence. Despite all that has happened, humanity hasn't lost themselves. They never wavered in their commitment to peace, even as they were forced into a grim war they wanted no part in. I am proud to announce that the Vendel Republic will join the Sapien Coalition alongside our wonderful friends. Zhao embraced me in a hug before I dismounted the stage with polite tail switches to the audience. Noah gave me an encouraging nod as I returned. My stomach was a bundle of nerves. How many species would be willing to join the Predators' Alliance? There was no guarantee leaders wouldn't get cold feet or dither over the UN's Arxor ties. Ambassador Lalo was mounting the stage, which brought me relief. The Yodel rushed to the front of the queue. If anyone votes yes, it should be him. This could give humanity's cause some momentum. Lalo surveyed the audience. But humanity has posed for contacting other cultures is certainly better than the Federation's heavy-handed annihilation and the mockery that ensues. The Yotl were looked down upon and silenced, but the Predators never hesitated to stand up for us as equals. They want us all to be equal. I finally have respect I thought I'd never get. The Yotl offer a resounding yes vote and pledge everything we can offer to the ideals of the Sapient Coalition. The marsupial flicked his ears in gratitude, and Zhao returned the gesture as best as he could by dipping his head. Gojid Minister Kiri was trundling up to the stage, and I recalled her desire for safety for her people's remnants. It wasn't clear if she'd see the safety in the union formed by a species of Gojids had been at war with mere months ago. Additionally, the spiky leader had been displeased about the humans defending the exact arcs or responsible for the cradle's fall. This vote could be a curt no. Kerry curled her claws around the microphone. Colonies and refugees, that is all we have left. We wouldn't have that without the predators, the people we attacked, fighting and dying to save us, while we wanted to kill them. They were honorable in a way we did not deserve. You know, we never officially ceased our war with the humanity. Let my yes vote, as the highest remaining member of the Gojit Union, serve to erase all uncertainty. We are on Earth's side today. That was a surprise. 
I could feel the tension lifting from the Predator diplomats as the first few votes turned in their favor. Each commitment injected a dose of positivity into the dialogue around humanity. After constant suspicion and accusations, the genuine kindness was moving a few primates to tears. They deserved to hear affirmative messages from all of us at the summit. I squeezed Noah's wrist with my tail. Zerillian Prime Minister Braylon took the stage next. We healed innocent civilians in the aftermath of Earth, where a billion lives are taken without cause. We've seen their homeworld, and their doctor's code has reminded us of our purpose, to do no harm. My brothers, please give humanity a chance with the gift of my administration. Coilia and her government votes to join the Sapient Coalition by the Parliament's decision 62-3. to Unsurprisingly, the three species who came to Earth's aid were all early votes to join Humanity's League. A positive start. Though our voting record can't stay perfect forever, can it? Thafki Representative Tulkin followed the quadrupeds, a nervous look on his face. The Federation allowed us to die for the crime of having a semi-aquatic nature. I guess it's no surprise that they never offered once to help us rebuild our lost heritage and home. You know who extended that offer the first time we met face to face? The humans. The Thafki advocacy for this alone votes to join the Sapient Coalition. Considering how quickly the blue-gray ambassador had been to run for the bar and avoid Zhao's exposed eyes, that was a surprise. Telekin wanted to open a full diplomatic relations with predators. Zafki's acceptance was an encouraging indicator to the temperature of the room. If the United Nations could deliver on the promise of a proper colony, that would be invaluable in helping the advocacy return to relevance. What more do we need to say than saving Co? Mazik President Kupo asked, succeeding the Thafki. The people we thought were our friends came to conquer us. Well, the predators we doubted and scorned saved us for nothing in return. The Presidium remembers this, and we issue unconditional acceptance to take our place within the Sapient Coalition. Noah snorted to himself. Long way from never trusting predators, huh? Your speech is the reason Cooper and all of these species started on the path of accepting humans, I whispered. You're the original inspiration, the spark that lit up the fire. The Ankari and the Varen ambassadors took the stage together, with the former speaking for both. We are grateful the Sulians put us in touch with humanity. Many neutral parties had time to rethink the Terrans and who they are as a race. When we learned that we were former omnivores, we felt alone. The predators welcomed us and everyone who lost their heritage. The Ankari and Varen government stand together as deepest allies for this unequivocal steps of joining the Sapient Coalition. That left eight entrants in our union, with no votes to oppose them. The humans could hardly contain the jubilance, and there were 30 species remaining to speak. Quick acceptance speeches from the Drovar and the galactically distant Paltons rounded out the number to 10. The United Nations had cynical expectations before the summit commenced, stating that they'd be happy with a mere dozen allies despite all that had gone wrong. Enough sentiment had swung in our favor. Tillfish Governor Burla scuttled to the podium, my thanks to the Terrans is a personal one for saving me, my son, and helping me with a troubling concern. They could have done anything when they accepted our surrender, but they were giving us a chance at freedom. 
They fought for Silas. Even when it seemed like they'd left, in spite of our participation in the raid, we don't deserve to join the Sapien Coalition, but I accept the offer with gratitude. The Harkon, the other vassal, mirrored that sentiment before relinquishing the podium to the Fissons. Ambassador Halmina seemed pleased to have reached the stage before the Nevak successor to Tarsa, and declared that she'd joined since the Coalition might soon be the only bargaining opportunity left. Eager to outshine their rivals, Tosa's replacement went on a lengthy tirade about how the humans needed the Nivics. Most hyper-capitalist species signed on, though their speeches weren't quite as inspiring as the others. Four converted neutrals followed, each penning the dotted line. The Sulian of Talis trotted onto the stage, suggesting that they'd been smoothing the waters and guiding the last few speakers. I thought that they were a certain vote to join the humanities team, after all, the diplomatic legwork they'd done. However, I was curious to see what the sister species from a single world had to say about our predator friends. Noah had his two fingers twisted atop each other, hoping that the perfect voting streak would hold up throughout the tally. They all love you, I whispered to the astronaut. Everything you've done has mattered to a lot of people. The Terran ambassador popped his head. Sometimes I thought no one would ever see us as anything more than monsters. It felt like no matter what we did, it wasn't appreciated. That's not true. Listen to what they're saying. All the things you've done in such a short time. Here's a duo they're sure to sing your praises. Humanity answered the call when we discovered our sister species had been slighted. The Sulian ambassador was saying, What they gave us was a scientific truth derived from the mythology of scraping fact from bits of stone. They then risked their lives to recover the archive's info and give us concrete answers. We decided who we are, like Zhao said, and that's humanity's friends. The dual species of Jild will join the coalition. That was only the beginning of the tide of agreement. Seven more species accepted the proposal, and the palpable fog of emotion hung in the room. It would mean a lot to humanity if every species here voted to join. My pleasure was soured as Nula took the stage. She'd helped greenlight the bombs that struck Earth's flesh before she turned Separatist. Hopefully, the Crocartel had a sense to see that her species didn't belong in the human's inner circle. Whatever Zhao espoused about an olive branch, the Terrans didn't deserve to interact with the arch-enemies on a daily basis. The Tilfish and the Harkon shouldn't have the decency to reject the offer too, but the Crocartel are particularly egregious. Nula tossed her sunset orange beak, shaking her feathers out. I offered to turn myself in the first time I could speak to Zhao alone here. Unfortunately, he expressed no desire to have me charged. The humans were innocent, and we prosecuted them to no end. I came here to apologize, but if they wish for the Crocottle to join, I must honor their wishes. Whatever I have belongs to the Sapient Coalition. We're in. A few disgruntled murmurs passed through the crowd, but the representative held their tongues, knowing that humanity would strike down discrimination on their floor. Three yes voters followed the avian, but my focus wandered. My thoughts briefly flitted to the election and how joining this many species after the break from the Federation might turn voters against me. If securing the Vendel Republic's place in galactic politics was my last act, I could live with that. The race would be a challenge, but it would be arduous for Valn to pull us out of the coalition. Unity in the face of this war, and motivation given through outside kindness, is what humanity needs to make a final push of offer. Forget your competition at home, Tava. 
Let Noah and Zoa etch their feedings into their memories. Species after species passed by Zal, and the line dwindled without a single species rejecting the spot on their team. I thought about Elias Meyer's version of the Galactic Peace and his desperate outreach to anyone who would listen. The current Secretary General had brought that dream to fruition and made prudent moves on the war front to fend off the Federation at the same time. Despite my early doubts, Zhao had proved a worthy successor to lead Earth and pursued harmony from his own angles. I could sense that he was proud of putting the summit off. So we are the last one. All of you have chosen your side. The final species in the line was Alar, the Dosa ambassador who'd kept to the back to avoid being stepped on. Malu has been captured for months by a fleet larger than any we've seen. The humans have given everything they can to saving us, and they've the reason anyone, including myself, escaped. Being one of the larger species makes them intimidating, but I find they have larger hearts in turn. Their compassion is their greatest strength. The Federation pushed us into their arms, so it's a given that we will join the Alliance. Silence permeated the auditorium, with the tally remarkably sitting at a unanimous foot to join. The chorus of heartfelt praises to humanity, the predator species that opened all of our eyes, was still ringing in our host's ears. Noah sank to his knees and wept, unable to fathom such decisive support being lent to Earth. If one species was worth sacrificing his life on Alpha, how much more did 38 friends mean to my astronaut? I wrapped my paw around his shoulder and tugged his shaking head towards me. Oh, Tava! After everything that happened to Earth, it's really nice to know that I set some positive events in motion. Noah sniffled. Why couldn't it have been always like this? There's nothing I wouldn't have done. Mucus dropped from his bruised nose as the emotions he'd been carrying spilled out. Secretary General Zaum had wandered back to the podium, head briefly turned towards us. Other aliens were watching us, though their attention quickly shifted back to the Chinese diplomat. The UN leader couldn't find the words to address the crowd, and he swallowed a lump in his own throat. I could see that he was choked up, though he managed to get out a few words. We have work to do, friends. The human coughed, clearing his throat. Thank you. Only now can I truly say that humanity is not alone in the universe. We're going to make this community special, because we must. Together we'll turn the tides of this war and restore autonomy to every world. Now, before we pack this up, Let's have a celebration of us. After extending their hands in a plea for friendship for months, humanity had found the eager comrades they desired. I soothed the overwhelmed Noah and thought about how far I'd come from seeing him as a despicable monster. The Terrans deserved an outcome that was in their favor, without any caveats. For the first time since their introduction to the galaxy, events had shaken out that way. My gaze swept over the various diplomats, considering how this diverse alliance would approach the challenges that faced us all. The Predators had much to teach everyone here about civility. I had faith that we could come up with solutions to our dilemmas and undo the crushing dogma that pervaded our societies. The future could be bright under Earth's guidance, paving the way for better days to come. End of chapter there is a new legend on the horizon. Blueberry Cat has taken the T6 Patreon spot. Thank you very much, and I'm sure that I speak for everyone when I say that. I would just like to thank our T5 members, 
Lord Ashikul, Ambrose Cattell, Quantum Wednesday, Dragzoon WRE, Blueberry Cat, Cam Maxwell, Casper Arnholtz, Bushmaster 177, and Leslie 517. Thank you very much.